the uh, force for the trees. You know what I'm saying? No. I keep screwing up when I say these guys are from uh, forced oh, yes. for, I want to say from again. Yes, yes. Forced uh, for the trees. And um, yeah. this is the uh, this is the first CD for uh, Forced for the Trees, and they're working on their second, and they're going to be uh, going out, possibly doing a little uh, touring. Uh, and uh, Carl's brought his fiddle along, and uh, Squeaky has brought his mouth along. <laughs> and uh, it Drew, usually comes with the package. <laughs> Drew, you bring your ass? Yeah, and okay. my mouth. I'm going to make no Our saying, mouths no, are here, no. too. Some nights Drew doesn't bring his ass. He just sits directly on his wallet, but there's no ass there. So uh, you guys are going to be playing a little something later on tonight, right? I mean, you'll do like another uh, little ditty for us, perhaps? We got a, a, a new single coming out. I think they're going to play that. Oh, okay. And you guys, uh, a little something live again? Yeah, you guys will work something Well, you out. have to ask Carl because I don't know if he have any more violin tricks. Uh, for the sake of radio, just say you will, and then people will forget about it in an hour when we don't do it. Sure, we'll do it. Okay, <laughs> that's what I like. It's all good. All right, uh, Eileen. Yeah, hi. What's going on over there? All right, well, first of all, I'd like to say, first of the cheese, you guys have a great band there. And, um, okay, here's our problem. Um, I found out that I'm, well, I'm pretty sure that my dad is gay. And how did you find that out? Okay, um, well, first of all, my parents have been divorced for about six or seven years now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad has roommate now. Mm. And his roommate's a few years older than him. Mm-hmm. And he's male. Mm. And then um, I was in his house one time and I saw that he had some books on getting um, a good male relationship um, if you're gay. And then I also found... That's the title of a book? I don't know. I don't know the title of the book, but it was something to that degree. But Did it have guys hugging on the cover? I didn't kind of read it. I just like, saw like, the binding of it. Uh-huh. I see. So, um, and then I also found some playgirls in his house mm-hmm. as well. Okay. That's gay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, nothing. Unless they did a write-up on him in a playgirl. <laughs> There's really no reason to have a playgirl. And even then, I think that makes you kind of gay. Unless you had a girlfriend that was into that. Yeah. No. no. Not very common. Is Playgirl for girls? <clears throat> no, it's for gay men. Okay. Every, all pornography is either for men. Uh, men or gay men. Yeah. It's just like um, female prostitutes uh, get it on with men and male prostitutes get it on with men. Yeah. That's basically what the uh, same thing Playgirl is. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, and yet, and 40 yet, women from the I was going to say, like right, to right. for the, the two out of every thousand females that partake of this, we're, they're going to be calling us in a few minutes. Well, once in a while, there'll be like some uh, old picture of uh, Superman, Dean Kane, and the pictures he didn't want you to see from high school. <laughs> and there's some grainy shot of him snapping some guy in the ass with a towel <laughs> or something, you know, 1982. <laughs> But uh, and once in a while, some crazed woman like Anne, who's like really into Dean Kane or whoever, will go will go grab that issue. But yeah. other than that, it's mostly all gay men. All right. Okay. So, what's your question? Well, I just don't know how to approach this. Have you talked you to your mom about it? No, I haven't talked to anybody about this. Do you have an older sibling? No, I have two younger siblings. Aunt or uncle? Well, well, I don't know. What did? What does she need to? Yeah, well, I'm just exploring what, what okay. resources she has. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, I mean, I have a really close family. Like I'm, re- I'm close to my both my parents, and my 
you know, all my aunts and uncles, but I don't really know. Do you want to talk about this with him? What? Do you want to talk to him about this? I'm not sure if I do or not. What do you, what do you, do you have a brother? Yeah, but he's, he's a little bit younger than me. What would this accomplish, uh, uh confronting this or discussing it at this well, point I'm in time? I'm not sure, I'm not even sure if I should approach this. Uh, obviously, eventually you're gonna need to. What, what is it you feel now having discovered this and not being able to talk to him about it? Well, it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Right. But, but, you know, Right now, at this time, it's not like social, socially acceptable. And yeah, but what does it do to your relationship with him? Well, I mean, we're still in a pretty strong relationship, but I don't know if it has changed it. Like, I still, I don't, sometimes I'll like think about it when I'm with him, and I just feel a little bit uncomfortable. Okay, so it just it just creates, um, it just it puts a little wedge between the the quality of the connection that you two had, right? Okay, so eventually it needs to be discussed. The question is, is it important to discuss it now? No. Listen, I wouldn't ever want to talk to my parents about their sexuality, uh, gay, heterosexual, but it's, but bisexual. But it's an issue that's affecting Eileen's relationship. Uh, whatever the hell's up with them, I don't want to know about but, it. But she needs to sort of get it out on the table so they can you know, re-acknowledge each other in a more honest way. Uh, why does she of, need, I, I don't know, but why does she need to talk about his homosexuality any more than it, I don't need to talk to my parents about their lack of heterosexuality, which doesn't make them homosexual. Well, they just don't have sex. Because it's, they haven't changed. The, the, who, who you believe them to be is the same as you've always believed them to be. And now yeah. she has a little kind of awkward feeling. It's, uh, it's a difference, and she wants to reestablish in a new relationship. Mm. And, and she, you know, they, they will eventually, I'm sure of it. But, is he uh, an abusive father? Uh, let me get back. Eileen? Mm -hmm. Is he a good dad? Yeah, he's a really good dad. Yeah, yeah, I just ask him. Yeah, I love tell. him. Yeah. You, you need to just you look for your opportunity. Know that it needs to be discussed, but don't force it. What kind of car does he drive? He drives a Saturn. Mm. Yeah. Is there a convertible Saturn? <laughs> <laughs> they make convertible? And oh, they don't American. make that canary yellow? No, it's white. Mm. Okay. He's fine. Uh, that's what the uh, frugal gay man drives. The uh, sensible gay man drives the Saturn. All the others get to me on us. <laughs> All right. Well, Drew and I are having a conversation about um, the uh, what is the uh, preferred um, uh, transportation for the gay man. And uh, we figured out it was the rabbit convertible back. Gay men love convertibles. Man, do they love those convertibles. I don't know what the hell it is. It's something about... Uh, I, I don't know. It messes their hair up. So I would, I think they would be against it. But uh, they used to love the big Eldorado convertibles, big caddies. And then they got into uh, the Rabbit convertible, and it's now the Miata. And uh, any small convertible that a man drives is uh, the gay mobile. Well, we're glad we didn't use Carl's Rabbit to come up here today. Oh, is it a convertible? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what color? <laughs> Actually, I drive a blue marshmallow. Okay, so it's not... Uh, in so, what color? Well, seriously, what color is it? It's a blue marshmallow. What's a marshmallow? <laughs> it's uh, one of those Ford Aspires. Oh, okay. All right. Is it, It's not a convertible? It's a bubble. No. No, okay. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. This as long as it's got a hard roof. Adam. Hard roof. Yeah, hi. You're 16. Yes, I am. You're on um, with the Forge for the Trees. Okay. Um, you guys, I just want to say you guys are really cool. Um... Um, me and my friend Jay, um, we're like trying to start like a kind of like a techno electronica group, and uh, we listen to you guys all the time. Uh, you're really influential to us. Um, 
we like kind of like have the idea of like having our music be really instrumental and stuff and we're kind of getting ideas from you guys but um i just wanted to call and say you guys are really cool but um i wanted to ask you um do you know what like what kind of good equipment there is to use like cheap equipment for two poor kids who have jobs flipping burgers well <laughs> save you got to do plenty of saving to get, you know, like, yeah. if you want to get some used stuff. I mean, it, they have plenty of used stuff that's in, you know, L.A. Yeah, advertisements and they stuff. They have a newspaper called The Recycler. You yeah. can, you can yeah. buy stuff through that. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm sad to say that my mother buys just about everything uh, the family owns via The Recycler, and there's nothing more entertaining than looking in the back of The Recycler and seeing a guy who's selling a rake for $6. <laughs> I mean, it's like, hey, low mileage, barely used. It's a Lawnmaster series. I paid nine ninety five for it. I'm gonna let it go. Sacrifice at six bucks. I'm thinking to myself, uh, the day I put a rake or uh, any any garden implement into the into a newspaper and sell it as used is the day I kill myself. As a matter of fact, there's a few things. Um, I'm putting it out to you guys and everyone in the world. I want someone to kill me if they see me doing one of many things, and this is one of them. The others, uh, d d you know, dedicating days in the garden and that kind of stuff. But uh, most most stuff has to do with either raking or gardening. Or riding in a convertible rabbit. That's right. Or, uh, yeah, it's when you don't see my head is when uh, when you really got to worry. When I'm in the passenger seat, allegedly. <laughs> all right, Adam, can you play your mouth at all? Excuse me? Like, like no, squeaky? No. No, because that's helps. one thing that would help. Yeah, I know. Because that's free. Well, but I, I then I'm going to get a drum machine then if I can't play my mouth. What kind of equipment do you have? Uh, absolutely nothing except for a None? A, except for an average Gemini turntable. Can't you do crap on uh, computers nowadays? Yeah, yeah, I have a computer. Yeah. I'm like I like can have a program that lets you sample and stuff, and I'm like been <laughs> excuse me been sampling and like making loops and stuff just to play around. It's pretty fun, but. Well, that's where it starts until you can get, you know, more equipment yeah. to sound a little bit more advanced. But computers, they have a lot of things that's on computers that you can make the whole world on. Yeah, I, like, found actually on the Internet today, like, a like a computer mixer thing, like, a little cheapy thing that works. But, you know. I'll I, I tell you, I don't, uh, I, I've talked about this before. I don't play an instrument, never have played an instrument, wish I could play an instrument. But every once in a while... Uh, not every once in a while. I'd say about twice a week I hear uh, Guitar Center's uh, Red Tag Sale uh, on the radio. And uh, I think it's Guitar Center. There's probably a few places, and there's probably one in every town. But they're selling these, uh, they go, uh, uh, Tascan, Pedal Effects, usually $1,700. Tomorrow, $1. fifty. <laughs> like, really? Drum sets, a nickel. <laughs> I mean, they're selling electric guitars for 50 cents. And every time I hear one of those ads, I go, I, I, whoever's in the car with me, I go, we gotta start a band. We gotta, I cannot let savings like this go by. I mean, they, they're, they're offering like, you know, 10,000% savings. I don't know how they work that. There's nothing I'm interested in that ever runs a, a spot. There's no, no tools, no pornography. There's nothing that ever, uh, runs that kind of, uh, ad. But I always wish, uh, I could play something when I hear about those. How do they do that? Do they just mark it way up and then cut it down to just about what it should have been? Basically. <laughs> oh, I mean, they're selling like synthesizers where it was 3300 bucks, and they went like $80. Yeah, they want to keep the regional crown. 
<laughs> All right. We were doing a little inside uh, Galpin Ford comedy there. All right. Uh, we're going to hear something else from Forrest for the Trees, and uh, we'll be back with uh, Carl and uh, Squeak G after this. This is Love Line. Love Line will be right back. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. This is Dr. Drew. Stay tuned for more Love Line on the Zone. What up? It is Zone 105. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. And this is Dr. Drew. And you're listening to Zone 105. Hey, kitties in Radio Land, it's... Love line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is uh, Dr. Drew. This is uh, tomorrow night's guest, isn't it? Cherry, uh, not Cherry Pop and Daddies. Yeah, Cherry Pop and Daddies. Tomorrow night. Oh, good. I like those guys. Saw them uh, at the House of Blues, and uh, I got their CD. They're real good. Carl Stevenson and uh, Squeaky G are here for from for Forest for the Trees. Chilly. And uh, I want to just take this moment. Um, Drew and I, as uh, you guys know, we're talking or complaining about, we're uh, out of town most of last week, and I needed a lift to the airport very early oh, yes. Tuesday morning. <laughs> um, we uh, finished the show about midnight, and we're due to fly out of LAX about 7 a.m. on Tuesday morning, which, uh, with traffic and all, right. meant that I needed to leave my house about 6 a.m., to get to the airport, maybe 10 to 6. And as right. usual, Adam demanded I pick him up. I demanded that Drew pick me up. Which I usually comply. In the rabbit. <laughs> In no. the convertible Miata. But I couldn't that morning. I could not. Drew had to make the rounds at the hospital somewhere between the time he got home from Loveline at 1245 at night and 5... 30. 30 in the morning before he went to the airport because he's nuts. Right. So he said, I can't pick you up. And I thought... What the hell am I going to do? Drive my own car down the airport, park it right next to Drew's in one of those, you know, $15 a day lots and uh, get reamed up the A for it. So I said, no, I'll, here's what I'll do. The power of radio. I will get an enthusiastic listener to come pick me up Tuesday morning. They will drop me off at the airport, and then I'll catch a ride home with Drew or Shuttle or whatever, and this will be right. brilliant. It'll be uh, the thrill of a lifetime for the young listener. And there were multiple... Right. Uh, uh, so at the end of the yeah. night, on Monday night... <laughs> multiple candidates. We had four or five women. I, I, I wanted it to be women. I felt more comfortable <laughs> with a woman driving since uh, their insurance rates are lower. And I wanted a, wanted a you know decent car, something that would get me to the airport. And right. so we narrowed it down out of four or five candidates to one young girl. Now, she lived, um, coincidentally, just down the street, really, from me. She lived down... Maybe uh, three miles away. Yeah, down Gower. And uh, I live uh, up on the hill there a little more. And I was going to give her my exact address. And then I thought, I heard all her roommates cackling in the background. And I thought, I don't know. She's probably going to ransack my house while I'm out of town or something. So what I'll do is I'll tell her to meet me on the main street, which is uh, Beechwood Canyon. Right. And uh, there's a big set of stairs, and I'll just walk on down this huge set of stairs. In the old days, uh, when they built these houses in the canyon, they built these uh, people use stairs apparently to actually for transportation. Now it's just a bunch of uh, um, rubble. Yeah, no, no, no. There are people, uh, people jog on these ah, things now okay. with their dogs. But the point is, is I, I figured I'd meet her down at the bottom of these stairs, right on the canyon. It's 6 a.m. 
I uh, went down these um, four or five hundred stairs, really like uh, really uh, like climbing a pyramid. These stairs. I went down there with my uh, two big uh, packs of uh, Samsonite uh, in in each arm, and I waited down there for about fifteen minutes. She never showed up. Wow! I then listen carefully, ladies and gentlemen. We need to find this person. Yes, I'm putting a bounty on her head. Oh yes. Uh, somebody out there knows something, and I'm putting it to the people. Because the I need to talk to this. days from hell that we experienced. I then ran back up the stairs, threw the crap into my car, jumped into my car, and made it to the airport just in time to see the plane that we could not get on because I was there too late. <laughs> By one minute. And Drew, one minute. One minute. Drew had gotten off the plane because he figured uh, something was up and left his uh, luggage and his expensive uh, overcoat that his wife had purchased for him at oh. a discount, but still way more than anyone should purchase oh, uh, a code for, <laughs> in the carry-on uh, department, the overhead storage. Oh, thing. yes. And so, I, I've never wanted to... to I just want to tackle you. I want to, like, the deck you in the middle of that big, nice marble... Uh, I was running uh, with my uh, luggage like, uh, I, I just, like OJ I, through I, the yeah, airport. I thought that I said the same feeling I had seeing, like, a, a, a just a, somebody needed to tackle. I just needed to level this guy. I heard Drew yelling from about 100 <laughs> yards. Hello! I was like, huh? Oh! And I was chugging with these things. I mean, I'm, I'm out of breath from an hour of chugging up the stairs and running out of the parking lot where I parked the car and everything. And I get there, and they go, uh, you're not getting on the plane. And I said, uh, is it that plane, the one I'm staring at right now? We're, that we're is waving sitting at the pilot. There? Back the pilot up. is eight feet away from our face. The one that is sitting motionless in front of me. There's nothing but a piece of glass between me and that plane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is the plane you'll not be getting on. And we had to not only get on that plane, but that plane was going to get us on another plane in Atlanta, which was eventually going to get us to Gainesville. And we and there's a three-hour time difference, and we had to do this lecture, and we didn't have any time. And they just look you right in the eye, and they go, nope. And you go, the plane is sitting right there. Just let me on. Yeah, let me here's our policy. The door is closed ten minutes prior to departure. Right. So uh, I every, uh, everyone knows that. Yeah. Yeah, it's written all over the place. A guy said I pulled the ticket out, which had uh, everything. I mean, it had my mom's uh, maiden name on there. It had a uh, pancake recipe. I said, <laughs> where on this effing ticket does it say uh, we close the door ten minutes before? It, nowhere on the ticket, by the way. But anyway, I said to the guy uh, who turned out to be an okay guy. Great guy. I said to him, um, find the guy that you use on the commercial. The guy who's chasing people through the airport, returning uh, important luggage to them. The guy who's uh, holding the umbrella when it's raining. Find the guy you use on your TV commercial and bring him here. I want to talk to him because I'm staring at the plane that we're going to be on, and it's not moving. <laughs> Just let me on. No. So uh, there it went. And uh, we sat there, and then Drew and I had a real, I mean, we had ourselves a good argument because I immediately blamed Drew for not picking me up. Can you imagine oh, that? In the first place. For Christ's oh. sake. Well, that did start it all, didn't it, Squeaky? Well, it, it, it started, but then you had the the, the, um, the the listener that didn't show up. Oh. Whoever that listener oh, is. Please. That is person, probably listening that now. That person we need to Now he's got find. forest for the trees on his side. Here's what I want to say. There is a debt incurred there. Mm -hmm. I will uh, get um, Robert Stack to do <laughs> an expose on you. I will find you. I will uh, hunt you down. And here's the deal. You can live your life in fear for the rest of your remaining days, or you can just show yourself now, face the music, 
face um, Carl's fiddle and get it over with. <laughs> That's it. Make it easy on yourself. Call us Because I will, I will find her. Oh, standing out there like an idiot with uh, two bags <laughs> at six in the morning, walking up and down the street. People walking their dogs past me going, what the, who the hell is this guy with the bags running up and down the street? <laughs> kind of madman. Frank, you're 33. Frank. Yeah, how you doing tonight? Good. Yeah, what's up? Um, I'm currently dating this woman right now and, uh. Yep, I recognize the voice. That is the the guy with the yep, uh, that is the guy anus the size of the mason jar. Yep. Are you sure? Positive. Uh, it's just an unmistakable There's voice. There's a guy who calls the show. He hasn't called in like six nope, months. No, he has not. But he would call the show like every two months, and he would ask these long, involved, uh, very titillating questions. And at mm -hmm. the very end, he would say, "Well, um, part of my uh, it's difficult on me and my girlfriend because part of her handicap is that she has an anus the size of a mason jar." That was always <laughs> the, that that was always the tagline. Mm. And Drew says he recognizes his voice, even though he haven't claim, heard it in six claim, months. Yeah. But is it him, Frank? Hello there. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Hey, 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 I got it. There's your boy. <laughs> really? Good evening, guys. All right. Uh, yeah. Drew is spectacular. After I, six months, he hasn't lost his touch. Drew knows. I mean, good work, boys. How long has it been? Oh, did oh, he hang up? Yeah, he, doesn't want, he doesn't want to get that voice. Oh, he's too. such a coward. <laughs> I swear to God, this guy has called the show five, six times, and Drew has, and like I said, we take hundreds of calls uh, every week, and it's been six months, and the guy tries to disguise his voice, and Drew's never met him. Drew the man. Oh, Drew the man. Drew the man. Yeah, his like voice that. is like indelibly, uh, it's just a, to me, it's just an, a unique and unmistakable The guy voice. said three words. I got it. <laughs> I knew it was him. But you've never hung out with him? No. I mean, it's not like some well, guy we worked with for a year, and then he quit, and then he called in the show or something. He just calls in every once in a while. It's too bad Lisa or Sherry don't have that ability. Uh, Brooke, yeah. you're uh, 15. Lisa? Lisa, yeah. Hi, Brooke, what's going on? Okay, um, my mom, like, flirts with guys that come around my house and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, boyfriends and stuff. Your boyfriends? Yeah, my boyfriend. Uh-uh. And, um, every time he comes over here, she's always putting her arm around him, and, you mm -hmm. know, when, like, when he left one day, she flashed him. Flashed him? Yeah. Wow. Flashed what? Her chest to him. What? Yeah. What size is her chest? How old is your mom? She's 48. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was uh that's a pretty mixed blessing for a guy. <laughs> I mean on one hand someone's showing you the breast, on their hand uh, they're forty eight. That is bizarre behavior, Laura Brooke. Uh uh has she been got any other problems? Um I have one more question. Yeah. Okay. Um I guess I wear tank tops in the summer and I have like a big chest, I can admit that. But girls dog me and stuff and when other girls like that don't really have a chest you know they don't get dogged you mean, you mean that, yeah that's jealousy yeah 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 jealousy. they don't get dogged by women but they don't get dogged by men either mm. okay yeah. or chased by men if you know what i'm saying um, well it, it's, it's uh, just brooke yeah. You got bigger fish to fry than the caddy women you go to school with yeah, though has your mom got other problems um, no. She gotta have some. Yeah. <laughs> just got to. There's something really going on with her. Where's your dad? Oh, he's, um, they're divorced. He lives, he lives in Santa Clara, and... I mean, the behavior is, uh, way out of line, Brooke. 
Okay. Way out of line, and uh, I I wouldn't feel uncomfortable bringing it up. Do you have any adult siblings or anything like that? No, I don't. I have aunts, a aunts or uncles. Anybody else you can appeal to to sort of? Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Why don't you talk to them about your mom's behavior and how it's making you feel and what it's doing to your relationship and see if they can maybe mm-hmm. talk some sense into it? Because someone needs to kind of yank her chain. This is inappropriate. Brooke, uh-huh. have you had a lot of boyfriends? Um, yeah. You uh, not a virgin? Uh, yeah, I am. Oh, you are? Yeah. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah, I guess uh, my friends always say the reason they go out with me is because of my chest. Uh-huh. But yeah, what are friends for? <laughs> That's nice. They really are dogging you. Yeah. Not fair. Brooke? Yeah. Uh, find some new friends. Stop uh-huh. wearing tank tops. Uh-huh. And um, keep the uh, keep the uh, drapes drawn at the house. <laughs> Please. Tell uh, yeah. so them your mom. mom is something's up with mom. Yeah. And I, I suspect something's going to be up with Brooke, too, by well, virtue of the fact that she was raised by mom. But, but she's oh, sort yeah. of intact at this moment, which is, you know... Mm. Relatively speaking. Yeah. And, uh, well, maybe, you know, if an aunt and uncle, somebody can come in there and create some structure in the family. That's nice of the friends to say the guys are going out with you because you have a large chest. Uh, with that age, boy, too, when people really don't need their friends so much. Yeah. My friends tried that, but I would always uh, foil them by having nothing going for me. They'd go, oh, she's just going out with you because... Uh, <laughs> so you got big teeth, no uh, hair? Uh, nappy hair that uh, looks like a Brillo pad, no... Is it the car you drive? Uh, no, you got a pickup truck that your buddy Jan stained with uh, cherry oak colored stain and the window cranks are broken off of it. She's, uh, I don't know, we don't have anything to say. It must be love. All right, we'll be back. Uh, oh, yeah! This is Adam Carolla. This is Dr. Drew. Stay tuned for more Love Line on the Zone 105. Hey, it's uh, Love Line. We're running a little late for our usual 10-second time of the hour break. So uh, here it is, and we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Love Line on Radio Station. KROQFM, Pasadena, Los Angeles. The world-famous K-Rock. Maybe I'll come show some support, no. unlike my illustrious part. You uh, stay home, Drew. It is Love Line. I'm Adam Carolla. That be Dr. Drew. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Carl Stevenson is here. Also, Squeaky G from Forest for the Trees. And um, if you uh, missed the conversation at the uh, top of the show, Carl uh, produced uh, Beck's first album in... Maybe even more than produce, right? Would you would you say, Carl? A little songwriting in there too, right? And uh, you know, when you actually when you hear uh, "Forest for the Trees," you can hear that coming through pretty clearly. But uh, anyway, uh, "Forest for the Trees" uh, finished down. "Forest for the Trees." Um, what was it? Ninety four, something like that. Yeah, approximately. And uh, it sort of uh, stayed shelf for a while, and uh, Carl had a little uh, difficulty. And uh, had to be hospitalized, worked out a few things, got on the right meds, and uh, now he's back. He's got his fiddle, and uh, he's ready to do the second <laughs> album. <laughs> they let you bring your fiddle into the hospital? Yep. Oh, they do? They do. I wrote a couple songs in there. How long were we in for? <laughs> um, I was in there for like four weeks. 
was it was it miserable or were you were you happy uh, to be in there after what you'd been through well um it was pretty nice they had pretty good hospital food oh really for a change yeah just could you imagine uh, i was eating burgers and fried chicken <laughs> why is it your doctor tells you to stay away from all the junk they feed you once you get in the hospital i know and what is that, that that's been a long-standing issue most hospitals have sort of Hospitals and schools, you'll die if you stay. You know, yeah. like if, if you flunked enough grades, I think you would just, uh, your um, you your survive. arteries would just yeah. uh, collapse. You wouldn't survive. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, if they ever have a hospital on an airplane, I think that's it. <laughs> I think the, uh, the, the worst possible food could be if they had some sort of infirmary at a school that was on a plane, in a prison plane. Oh, boy. All right. So we're going to hear something else from uh, Forest for the Trees. Uh, it's not beatboxing. Yeah, you're not going to beatbox. No, I'm not going to beatbox. All right. I may do a little beatboxing uh, Yeah, it'll be cool. We'll just have a whole session of beatboxing going on in here. Uh, and, uh, Carl, you're going to play? You're not going to play any more fiddle? Um, mm-hmm. He is? Mm-hmm. He is not. I will mm-hmm. if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, I'd like you to. All right. We'll, make so- we'll just make something up All right. out of the blue. Uh, and, um... Squeaky, you can do a little more beatboxing to Carl's fiddle, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we're going to hear something that's a little more produced, actually. All right, we'll do that. This is, uh, you got a queued up there, uh, Engineer Brad? Engineer Mike is on some sort of uh, um, hunger fast or something. I don't know. He's holding out. It's funny. We haven't, we haven't missed him. But he's... Uh, He's home, and we got uh, Engineer Brett sitting in for uh, Engineer Mike, and it's a long story. But anyway, uh, this one is uh, from Forest uh, for the Trees, uh, off of the um, off of the same named album, and it's called Planet Unknown.
That'd be Planet Unknown from uh, Forced for the Trees. And uh, Carl Stevenson and uh, Squeaky G are both here representing for that band. And uh, they really got to dump the rest of the band because uh, they did a little... Um, Squeaky did a little boombox or beatbox. Uh, <laughs> he did a little uh, mouth solo. I wish I could get one of those once in a while. And uh, Carl was playing on the fiddle. And uh, I'll tell you, me, that was it. He didn't need any more instruments. You're going to play a little something uh, else? You, you want to... Uh, I'll take t- some calls for you. We'll take some calls. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk okay, to some Because uh, Carl's poised with the fiddle there. But uh, <laughs> you, you don't have to put it away. You can just, right. you can just keep it there. Right. Stay ready. You never know. Carl's always ready. Kathy. Hi. Hey, you're 34. Yes, I am. How is everyone? Good. We're I doing have to fine. tell you that, uh, Dr. Drew and Adam, you are just the kings of radio. Oh Thank you. And uh, we saw you on uh, the Gail King show the other morning. Oh, they, they aired that. <laughs> I never saw that. You never saw that? No. We've got a bunch oh, of stuff. No. We've we have a whole bunch of stuff we've filmed that's not aired. You know you're a big star when you're on uh, some show and you don't even care. I don't. I don't want Adam to get upset, but... Adam, you look like a convict, and Dr. Drew looked like your lawyer. Yeah, I know. If you well, didn't have was... if you didn't have the sound up, you'd think he was trying to get me off of yeah. uh, some trumped up charges. I didn't know if that but... was uh, your shirt that you bought with the uh, gift certificate Dr. Drew got you for Christmas. Your arm. Yes, shirt. it was. No. I knew it. Wasn't it? Oh, was it a denim shirt? Yes. Yeah. It yeah. A, it was a six in the morning. We both remember that. Oh, <laughs> it was a horrible. Another one of our misadventures. Here's the uh, the problem with anything we do that's like six in the morning. Morning is we do the show every night. The radio so show. I go to bed at one thirty-two, and then if you got to be somewhere at six thirty, and it's across town, you got to be up at like five fifteen. Uh-huh. And uh, I was a mess. <laughs> well, yeah, we weren't very happy that morning. Oh well, you looked great though. I thought I was extra special, funny though, wasn't I? Oh yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, yes, go. they thank needed you. more of you on that yeah, show. Thank well, you that's for good. that. Uh-huh. Um, what is that, that guy in college is attacked me for bringing up uh, raloxifene? <laughs> There's nothing more exciting than seeing Drew being attacked by gynecologists for bringing up some medication. Once in a while, other doctors feel a little bit threatened by Drew because he's making a bunch of money and he's being successful and all the chicks love him and he's got his syndicated shows and all that kind of stuff. And they get some some, uh, Drew wannabe on there and Drew brings up a medication and they get a little bent out of shape because uh, (laughs) they uh, did just as much schooling as Drew did, but they're not getting as much recognition. Actually, she was right. I didn't hear the question clearly and it was something about, I guess, about hot flash. Flashes and we were with people that don't want to take estrogens and uh, and I didn't hear the hot flash part. I was just talking about estrogens that don't people when people don't want to take it. And there's a new estrogen equivalent right. called relaxin. For all our uh, listeners that are entering menopause yes, now, exactly. they have breast cancer. Hey, what is that Gail King show on? Uh, here it it's like it's on at ten, but I see it when I get off of work. It's like at um, four thirty or five in the morning. Um, no, wow, wow. What do you do? Um. <laughs> Night I shift. test drive cars. You do what? I test drive cars. Test really? drive cars. Really? They just, will they drive them around the clock or something? Uh, they are driven around the clock, 24 hours a day. And you're just one of the drivers. I, well, yeah, just one of the How drivers. How do you get into the car while it's moving? Huh? <laughs> do you have to get in while it's moving? You just get ready and jump. I, I, really? You test drive cars? Yeah. What car do you drive? Uh, we, I work for Nissan. And so there's many, many cars we test drive competitors cars do you just go around in a in a in an oval yeah, there there is an oval and there's many other little 
I always yeah. thought that was just some marketing scam that yeah. they just had, like, it took for, put pictures out in the salt. I thought flat. they no. just put like a brick on the accelerator and they wired this <laughs> the uh, wheel at the right angle and yeah. they let it go around the track. You or, or would they... be amazed at at all the things that they do. And what have... what How else? Do you get a job like that? Yeah, that's a good gig. <laughs> uh, it is for the money they pay. It is a real good gig. Um, Hook there, me up. There was... <laughs> You consider yourself hooked. All right. Uh, there was just an ad in the paper, and you know, just wow. went in, and and you'd be amazed at the people they hire too. Not speaking for myself, it's like, oh, they hired me, and then you go in, and it's like, oh, they hired these other people. <laughs> so sometimes they'll hire anybody, but but it's interesting. Like I said, you'd be really amazed. Well, are you allowed to just listen to the radio and smoke and stuff? Uh, you cannot smoke or eat or drink in the cars, but. Mm. As long you as couldn't test out the ashtray and the cup holder? That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> I'd like to be the guy who tests out the reclining chair, the ashtray, and the cup holder, and the horn. And I'd just sit in a parking lot and smoke and have, like, a cup of coffee and lean the chair back and take a nap. And then I'd get I'd ride the horn and yell, like, hey, you kids. <laughs> they don't have a guy who does that, huh? would be good at that. Everybody Kathy. does that, but you don't get any fun out of it. What is your question, Kathy? Well, uh, the man that I've been seeing, um, I... You know how uh, there's a pre-ejaculate, like a yes. lubricant? Right. And, well, with sperm. Right. And um, to my experience... Now with sperm. <laughs> That's how Drew's going to market it, by the way. <laughs> pre-ejaculate, now with sperm. It's going to be written right across the can that way. There you go. Um, it's just... Um, <laughs> it's like constant. And he has leakage. Like a leak, yeah. yes. Some guys have that. He's a plumber. No, some guys have That's all right. And I take that as a compliment, by the way. Does he take a long time to reach orgasm? Yes, he does. And well, I, he's always in the refractory period. He's constantly having well, an no, orgasm. Well, it, no, it, the prostate's irritated, probably, and from from the duration of all this. Uh huh. He, I just, well, he's only climaxed twice, and I've been dating him for like eight or nine months. Is he on medication? No, he won't. Are you sure? I'm. He's yeah. only. Wait a minute. He's only climbing. And what, what's he do? Is he a food sampler? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't know. I didn't know if you guys all ran in the, in the same circles or how it went. He drives cars in circles, too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's only climaxed twice? Well, yeah. Uh -huh. And how many times you guys had love? Uh, <laughs> had love. <laughs> More than twice. <laughs> oh, really? A bunch, you know, but yeah. he, he just, um, I mean, he gets erect easily, and mm. then, like I said, there's the constant... Leakage, which isn't a real problem, but um, he could really. You're wondering uh, if it affects his orgasmic function, though, right? Well, I I don't know if there's a, a connection between. No, I the don't two. think so. Not not that I can uh, imagine, but I don't think so. Here's a guy who they could really uh, whose skills or talents they could utilize to uh, check out the scotch guarding process on the passenger seat. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, That's a good job for and him. And a headliner, if, mm -hmm. uh, if he's uh, so blessed. All right. Oh, boy, that would be a dream job for me, just driving in circles. Denise. Yes, hi. You're 30. Yeah. What's going on over there? Well. And by the way, how many, uh, you know, how many years do you got to build the uh, Nissan Maxima to figure out, eh, the thing goes all right? You know what I mean? I mean, they started building the Maxima in, like, uh, 78. Yeah. It's been 20 years. Let's go ahead and assume that thing's fine. Give it a look-see at the factory and then go sell it. But maybe they're just driving their competitors around see what they're doing. God, it's like one of those commercials. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
Denise? Yeah. All right. What else going on there? Sorry about that. Um, I I seem to be steadily losing my faith in men. Um, Um, Reality is finally coming to bear. Uh-oh. I'm sorry? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I have always been... um, uh, guys have always been very attracted to me, and I, I don't have any trouble dating or anything like that. Um, I've had several long-term relationships and all of that, but it just seems like no matter how many guys that I date and how many different types of people and how normal they seem in the beginning, and it's all wonderful, and they're really nice, and they it just seems like, oh, this How do they end great. up? I'm sorry? How do they end up? It's it's like it's a different person. But how do they end up? What are, what are they actually like? Um, they they're like untrustworthy, or I just find myself being so disappointed. What kind of guys are you attracted to? Um, outgoing. Um, mm, they're uh, like in have uh, you know lots of activities. Yeah. They're well rounded. Dangerous. No. No. What kind of hobbies are they into? Um, I like guys that have a lot of friends and who, Uh-oh. um, because it, it's... So does. a guy's guy. You like guy's guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's trouble. Yeah, so, that's already a problem. But uh, you know, when, when they, they're untrustworthy, what kind of things do they do to you? Um, I'll catch them in a series of lies or... They will find out that they're still in love with their Mm ex-girlfriend when they've sworn to me that that is not the case. Right. Um, All right, but listen. Assorted infidelities. Denise. Yes. Who's picking all these guys? Is your mom picking these guys for you? No, no. What? I I am picking these guys. But you have to understand, I'm a very... I'm flabbergasted. (laughs) (laughs) You're very what? I'm not always flabbergasted. I'm like, well, you know, I kind of saw that coming. But um, I've I've always been a, a very intelligent person yeah. and a very I, I'm usually such a good judge of characters. I mean, with oh, my yeah. friends, I'm a very good judge of character. With women, my friends are wonderful. With women, no, actually, most of my friends are men. Mm-hmm. I have a few. Right. Well, less who you're, who you're not physically attracted to. As anyone can judge anyone's character when they don't want to hump them. I mean, that's easy. When you want to hump them. Then uh, the penis uh, gets in an argument with the brain. It's what like, hey, this person's Denise a psychopath. Have, Are Denise, you kidding? Look at that rack. Denise, Shut up. I'll Denise, do the thinking. Denise doesn't have a penis. <laughs> That's her problem. No. It, when, peop, when you become sexually... Uh, I mean, one of the reasons you're attracted to these guys physically... Is it, some problem. Is there something yeah, in them? Yeah, and the reason there. why you're not attracted to your male friends who are just uh, friends is because they don't have those qualities. That piece. So it's a catch-22. You got to date someone you're not attracted to. <laughs> uh, you really do. Yeah, you do. It's sad. Actually, I um, I don't go for the really handsome. No, it's yeah, just attraction. Really ah, man. that's the excuse though. It's not about what the person looked like. It's about it's, your attraction. It's to the them. attraction that you have to them. Oh, but that's so sad. That's I, so sad I know, but why I do Drew? Let me let me give you a real I- interesting or easy should example. I, wait, wait, should I uh, sell right. myself short by no, giving that's not, myself no. What? Sell yourself short? I'm not attracted to. Uh, dating. I don't think so. Listen, date, dating guys that don't bang your sister is not selling yourself short. 
dating guys who don't get trapped in a um, hailstorm of lies uh, six months into it is not selling yourself short. This is the point. It's being more mature about your choices and, and really going for a higher ground in your relationship and not continuing to sell yourself short. Do people that you date, other people don't like them? Think you oh, shouldn't no. think you shouldn't date them, that kind of thing? No. Okay. Well, they don't say anything. I mean, of course, the assorted irregular, they're like, what are you thinking? Uh, but, Denise, you know, Denise, those Denise, Denise, the, Denise. The short-term ones, and Denise, I think, yeah, Denise. what am I thinking? Okay. Contradiction. But I suspect the, the other guys, the longer-term ones, have peace, have parts of them that are like the the short-term guys, too. And this is where you're making Oh, everybody it. does. I mean, I'm not Denise? expecting perfection. Okay, then why'd you call? Then, then there's no problem. It's just, it's just a huge, long series. Denise, I was, uh, I was talking to a jade Buddha in a head shop the other day, <laughs> and it, t it, it, it actually drunk in more advice than you do. <laughs> it was an incense holder, I think, or maybe it was a bong. I couldn't, I couldn't find Were the car bong. Were you going to tell a story? It. it was a bong. Oh, here's what I was going to say. People, uh, to, to a very simple example of, of attraction is... Um, you know, people that were raised by an alcoholic dad or girls that were raised by an alcoholic dad usually go on to marry a guy who coincidentally is an alcoholic. Even though they may never have been drinking, they may swear, I'll never drink my whole life. And, oh, lo and behold, five years later, they're an alcoholic. They, people know it. They can sense it. It's That's what creates that's the attraction. That's what attraction is. It's yep. not about anything you think about. Right. It's not about being intellectual. It's about instinctive, uh, subconscious communications between people. That's why, by the way, it, that's all that attraction is. Because there's oftentimes people that make more money, they stand up straighter, they're a little bit taller, and they drive a nicer car, and you're not into them uh, as a woman, I would say, or as a male, as much as you're into this other person for one reason or another. That's what it is. It's really, it's really sad. But the part that attraction part is the scariest part of a relationship. Yeah, and it's the most dangerous part. And Denise, um, you are. Uh, it is pulling you like, uh, like when Bugs Bunny would fall asleep, and 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 like something would smell good, and the little uh, like genie fingers would pick him up and carry him toward the uh, the uh, 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 carrot. Yes, that's what's going on with you, Denise. All right, Carl. Are you attracted to me? No. See, that's very healthy. Very healthy. All right, you attracted to that fiddle you got there? Yeah. Oh, partially. All right. Uh, I mean, platonically. Platonically, yes. yes. He likes holding his wood. Uh, <laughs> true. Uh, sniff the end of the fiddle. Make sure it's not uh, been anywhere. No. Uh, Carl and uh, Squeaky G are uh, here, and they're going to be uh, playing a little something live for us, right, when we come back? Sure. Okay. After this. Everybody on the floor, this is Ice-T. You're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Nobody moves, nobody gets hurt. Hey, we haven't seen Ice-T in a while. Yeah. Have we seen him? Was he on the TV show? Yeah. He was? That was the infamous TV show. That one oh, particular it's, episode. It's the one there at uh, MTV uses as an example of uh, what we couldn't air. <laughs> <laughs> is it still on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Show's uh, doing fine, but uh, Ice is, uh, was not back. But, uh, we had him here. Uh. Mm, right after that. But you know what? We had these people from his TV show on our TV show, right? The, the uh, female... Uh, uh, right, right, right. The head of the squad. Right, right. I was thinking of Coolio. Who was that? Was that... Uh, I don't remember. Girl, don't go down this road. Anne's not going to be any help. She wasn't there. All right. We had her because she was on the radio show. The Carl uh, Stevenson are here. 
and uh, Squeaky Jeep, both from uh, Forest for the Trees. And uh, uh, Drew, if you're going to go crazy, go out of the room. Okay. All right. Squeaky, see if you can make a sound of uh, Drew thinking. (laughs) 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 No, it wasn't Catherine Bell. Mia Corp. Mia Corp. Mia Corp. Ah, yes, Catherine Bell. That's uh, that's my that's my woman. But uh, yeah, Mia Corp. Great looking. uh, She's like Asian or, or something. Anyway, phone number for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Forget about the fax number. And uh, Carl and Squeaky are going to uh, do another live number for us. Are you not? We are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's hard to answer when someone says, are you not? Is this one <laughs> called something, or are you just going to... It's called an ear is listening. Think about it from the perspective of a fawn deep in the forest listening to the forest. Hold on, that's a deer, all you idiots out there. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah. A fawn is a deer. Yes, it is. And the squirrel's beatbox. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. One, two, one, two, three, four. and squeaky G. You know what I was thinking during that? I was thinking, you know, everyone's worried about um, having their jobs uh, taken by a computer. <laughs> Squeaky's taking a computer's job. That's one for the flesh and blood. You're actually doing the job that a machine was meant to do. Well, um, uh, if, if, if I can, if there's a way that I can get this to do what machines are doing now and making millions, Rest assured, oh. I'll be doing it. <laughs> and it, it sounds, uh, there's nothing like the real thing. Even when you're doing something that is sort of a computer, you're used to hearing a computer synthesize, uh, it sounds twice as good coming yes. from uh, flesh and blood. Hey, Carl. Yes? Play, uh, play me a little bit of that uh, same kind of riff again. It doesn't have to be the exact same one, but just uh, something. I just want to try a little something. 
Mm, a little wait. slower, little little slower riff. If you if you have Hold anything, it. my mind is blanking out okay. here. Let me see. Uh, Drew, you uh, kill some time by uh, talking about the uh, periodic tables or something. Now, now, uh, Squeaky, don't Yo, don't do any uh, boom boom box or boom uh, beatbox beatboxing. Sorry, there you go. I got I got off to the wrong start with the boom. I'm sorry, uh, Carl. Go ahead. Oh, so well, I'm try a little experiment here. One, yeah, go one, ahead. Two, one, two, three, four. No, it's got to be slower. Got to got to be a slower just slow rate. Slow it down. Oh, just slow. go a little yeah, bit just slower. Slow it. Yeah, just drag it out. Drag it out. Just want to try That's something. Right. Halftime. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right, close your eyes, Drew. Sherman's march to Atlanta was one of the bloodiest battles of the war thus far. The Merrimack had blockaded the harbor. The Monitor was there to greet it. After a hail of cannon fire... Drew, does that sound familiar at all? Yes. What is I, I that? I saw the, the, the Civil War series. <laughs> yes, yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, surprise, had he gets the golden Twinkie. Yeah, that was pretty good. And um, uh, with the uh, squeak, with the uh, cannon fire, the reminiscent sounds—that uh, was amazing. Was, yeah. I wish, I, I wish uh, Squeak could just follow me around during the day, <laughs> so like uh, I could say like like when I went like um, like I was at the cleaners and I went like when we went to the airport and they didn't let us uh, onto the plane. You could just do gunfire. Yeah, I, no, I could say <laughs> stuff like I could say I hold ass to get here this morning and. Uh, could you do some like moving fast uh, thing? <laughs> and uh, if we don't, if we don't make this gig, uh, they are gonna kick my ass. <laughs> and I swear to God, uh, some heads are gonna roll if I don't get on that effing plane. You know what I mean? Just to, like I think people know what you're talking about, but when you really add the sound effect behind it, I think it really drives the point home. You mean to the color man's? Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't piss me off, by the way. Give me a little bit. Give me. A, uh, I'll tell you, you would not like me when I'm pissed off. Uh, pissed off. Just the gunfire yeah, guy. No, just give me the the Satan voice. I you think the Satan voice. Oh, don't piss me off. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm pissed off. Don't you think we could have got onto that plane if we had Squeaky behind me <laughs> no. with like a bullhorn? No. No. <laughs> Nothing would have got on that plane. All right. With a gun. Le Leon. I think they got rules for that. Leon? Uh, force for the trees. Oh, man. You guys are like my... It's like I'm humbled before your presence. It's great. I, I love your music. I love how you like um, just to pose, uh, you know, like... Uh, Celtic and, and classical and rap. It's just uh, amazing work. Thank you. They're like uh, Caltech meets Cal Jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little 1977 reference there. I said, no, it's like, really like, like, thank you very much. It's, it's like, it's just, I mean, it's like just way out there. It's like, we appreciate what you're saying. It's, did it's, it's, did it's you have a question, Leon? Now. Hey, um, yeah, I had a question on one of their lyrics mm -hmm. um, from Dream. Mm -hmm. um, it said Oedipus, Oedipus is bliss or something? Oedipus. Oedipus. Yeah. Oedipus. Oedipus. What, what does that mean? Oedipus is bliss. It just means that to realize to realize how horrific things really are kind of relieves the mind. Oedipus Rex was a uh, famous play by Sophocles about a guy who killed his father and married his mother. Okay. And it's uh, the cornerstone of one of the 
theories of uh, human neurosis, huh. psychological problems. You get it now? Yeah. Hey, um, I have a question for Carl. Hey, you should bring okay. Drew out on the road with you, by the way. You to guys can do the song, word. and then he could walk out during the breaks and, exp you know. What he really said, broken down in the bunnock style. <laughs> Carl, all right, yes. um, on Loser, on, uh -huh. um, what is the Mellow Gold? Mm-hmm. Did you play the sitar? Yes, I did. How was you? That was me. Oh, you played? The, I asked you if you played the other instruments. Oh, you said you're playing the sitar. You're learning sitar the sitar. Yeah. I'm still taking lessons. But how long ago was that that you played the sitar? Oh, that? about five years ago. Well, uh, that's enough with the lessons. If you played no, on a record five I haven't years been, ago. I haven't been taking lessons all that time, though. Oh, okay. Were you guys, like, influenced anyway by, like, uh, Peter Gabriel or, like, you know, like the Beatles? Or what are your influences? Mention Beatles, Carl. We'll talk all day. My, I'm not influenced that much by the Beatles except for lately. I never even listened to them until I was about 22, 23. Well, they're new stuff, so no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was influenced by um, synthesis such as Wendy Carlos, um, Vangelis, Jean Michel Jarre, and um, influenced by the Ghetto Boys, by like the, the Clash and and old punk rock groups like Black Flag and and uh, others. Hey, Drew, what was the name of that... Uh, Devo. Was there some synthesizer, some uh, harpsichord or something played by some guy who was dressed up in a sort of Elizabethan garb that was real hot in the uh, mid-70s? Remember any of that junk? Sort of like Emerson, Lake and Palmer kind of. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a synthesizer. Yeah. And what was the first synthesizer used? Is that the Boss Gags Lido Shuffle? Was... I don't know. You know the song, Drew? Drew who was that guy knows. that did Frankenstein? Uh, Edgar Winter. Edgar Winter. Didn't he have weird outfits and stuff? The first synthesizer yeah, was a theremin, I think. That thing that you put your hand next to and it goes... But that didn't make it onto a... Do you remember, like, the first synthesizer, the first songs, the first groups that used synthesizers? I think the DeFranco family may have done <laughs> Huh. No. Carl, you know. I don't know. Beach Boys. What, Pet Sounds? Huh? All right, Sherry. Sherry thinks she knows. Shreden Lips. Oh, good vibrations? Really? I have to look That was a that. theremin on that one. Oh, it was? Mm -hmm. So it's the one you were talking about? Yeah, it's really old. Uh, mm. All right, Drew? Yeah. Do you have any other uh, tidbits uh, which we can use to no, we board, do, board the audience? No, we got to do calls. Call all right, we're going to take some calls. All right. all right, when we come back, we're going to do what, Drew? Calls. And more what? Calls. Okay.